Get your wine. <laughs> All right, I've clicked the button. We're starting now. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. I'm the other Carrie. I'm Sam. I'm Grandpa. And Finn is tired, so he's probably not going to participate. Uh, Otherwise, welcome, he'll be loud. Welcome to yes. the 1974 Academy Awards. Uh, this is our podcast, If I Ran the Oscars, where we talk about one movie from each year the awards were on TV. We talk about what it won for and a couple other categories that we look at to see how good the filmmaking was overall. Uh, this year was a really broad range of film for the Academy Awards. Only three movies won more than one award. Oh, wow. This was one of them. Huh. The other two were The Sting and The Exorcist. I didn't want to watch The Exorcist. I'm glad we didn't watch that one, and I do kind of wish we had watched The Sting. We watched The Way We Were instead. Because that's what the computer chose for us. Yeah. So, not a lot of Academy Award facts on this one other than that, except for uh, there was a streaker. What? Not in this film? No, no, at the Academy Awards. Uh, Oh. Wasn't me. He ran across the stage naked while flashing a peace sign. In response, host David Niven quipped, The only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. Oh, dear. (laughs) So, you know... I think I had a streaker t-shirt. Dad probably doesn't remember that. Ah! I had it, it was about this time frame. I was in middle school, I had a streaker t-shirt. The, 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 there was a movie I nominated for Best Picture, Director, Story, Screenplay, based on factual material, editor, and Best Supporting Actress, for first-time nominee and young up-and-comer George Lucas, uh-huh. with American Graffiti. Wow. So that was interesting. Uh, Catherine Hepburn, first time she ever showed up at the awards. Uh, three ex-wives of Eddie Fisher all appeared. She, The first time she ever showed up to the Academy Awards? First and only appearance at the ceremony. Huh. Whenever she won an Oscar, she always had either the presenter or another person accept, associated with her film accept it on her behalf. Upon taking the stage, she received a standing ovation to which she replied, I'm living proof that a person can wait 41 years to be unselfish. Okay. Uh, also, yeah. also best supporting actress was uh, 10 years old. Yeah. And is figure. the un- youngest person to win an Oscar ever. Tatum huh. O'Neill? Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. You're Paper good. Moon. Who was yep. it? Excuse me? Tatum O'Neill. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah. She was yeah. in the movie Paper Moon with her father. Yeah, Paper Moon. She, uh, yeah. I saw that at a theater. Yep. I'm okay. showing my age. <laughs> All right. On to this movie. Uh, and I think we can st- start skipping right to the people who are in it. Sure. Because they're more interesting than the movie. Barbara Streisand. By far more interesting than this movie. Barbara Streisand. Winner of a fake EGOT. Why is that? Because one of her four EGOT awards was not a merit award. It was a, an honorary award. Oh. For those not uh, familiar, an EGOT is an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And is considered by many to be the grand slam of performing perform of mm. show business. Six, Sixteen people have achieved this. Five more have with one of their awards being an honorary mm. award. So the five who are in the honorary category and have three actual wins and then one for fun. Liza Minnelli. James Earl Jones, Barbara Streisand, 
Harry Belafonte and Quincy Jones. So, you know, those are the people who aren't good enough to win this prize. (laughs) Yeah. The discussion of people who have won all four is one we will have to come back to later in this podcast. You mean another week? No. Oh, tonight? Later tonight. But we'll get there. Okay. So, Barbara Streisand. With Marvin Hamblish? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. We're going to keep going with him. Okay. So, her debut album was 1963. Okay. Called the Barbara Streisand album. Sure. At which point we kind of knew what she was about because her debut album is just has her name Self-titled. on it. Self-titled. Well, that's, it, that happens. It won two Grammys. So, you know, good job. Wow. Uh, she has topped the U.S. Billboard 200 with 11 albums. Yeah. Right. A record for a woman. Huh. Five number one singles, including The Way We Were. Uh, and then the other ones are Evergreen, You Don't Bring Me Flowers, No More Tears, and Woman in Love. Well, and I recognized, yeah, yeah. I think, one of those. No, yeah. that's because you're too young. So the last yeah. time I saw her do a performance was not all that long ago, maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I saw her do a performance. Did you watch part of that with me? I don't know. Uh, it was on PBS or something, mm-hmm. and she was performing with her son. All right. Is he also and pretty good? She's an extraordinary performer. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Shame about all the plastic surgery she thought she needed to continue being relevant. Well, you can't deny the voice. That's for sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. Interestingly enough, as we're going with her uh, Academy Awards stuff, uh, she got Best Actress for Funny Girl in 68. Then she was in a couple other movies. And then in 1976, A Star is Born. With Chris Christopherson. She composed... The theme Evergreen, which you'll notice was on the list of Billboard number ones, and made her the first woman to get an Academy Award for composition. Hmm. Huh. Huh. With the release of Yentl in 83, she was the first woman to write, produce, direct, and star in a major film. Hmm. Huh. No small. Yep. Got an Oscar for Best Score and a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Musical for that one. And she's the only woman to win the Golden Globe for Best Director. So, you know, she's, some stuff. She's done a couple things. Okay, okay, okay. For Peabody's, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You know, some stuff. Right. Uh, and, because this is probably the only time I'm ever going to get to mention this very silly thing, is the is the Streisand effect. Do you know what the Streisand effect is? Mm. We get to talk about dumb internet stuff now. Okay, go. So, back in 2003, uh, there was... Coastal California erosion talks going on. Right. Barbara Streisand tried to suppress the Coastal Records Project's photograph of her house, which was on, like, this cool cliff. Right. Where, you know, a fair amount of erosion could happen. And they had this picture of her house, and they and she tried to get them to take the picture down. And because she was ta- uh, trying to make a big deal about it, people paid more attention to it. Okay, okay. The Streisand effect is a social phenomenon that occurs when an attempt to hide, remove, or censor information has the unintended consequence of further publicizing that information, often via the internet. It's named after her because it was the first one people paid attention to. It's obviously happened before. But nothing to do with her acting. But that one shows up on the internet every once in a while, and it happens a lot now because... You know, celebrities get stupid pictures taken of them all the time. And the moment you tell the internet, don't do that, it does it harder. Yeah. Human. But 
luckily, we don't have to just talk about that. We can talk about Robert Redford. Okay. For the rest of the night. For the rest of the night. If we're Robert, lucky. Robert Redford. For the rest of the night, if we're lucky. Between him and Rep and Streisand, there's an awful lot you could talk about. Yep. Well, I don't know if this is the right place or not, but I, f- I want to dispute Carrie uh, with a K. Uh, on the, uh, <laughs> the, the fact that, or the idea that the people were more important than the message. I picked an awful lot out of this movie. Yeah. I always yeah. knew his attention almost from day one, but maybe it's because of my age. Maybe. But man, let me tell you this. I saw example after example after example progression of the collective mindset tearing this country down. Hmm. Right oh. through this thing. Yeah. That's that. Well, I can't go back and pick them out. Right. Those are facts. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, I guess for me it was it was more about the... I'm always interested in characters and the and the characters of the story. And I, I didn't feel like I ever got invested in the characters. Yeah. It was tough to do because they were mumbling so much. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Don't worry. There's definite reasons why that happened. Okay. Uh, In in any case, (laughs) uh, Robert Redford, his film debut was War Hunt in 1962. He got a Golden Globe for Inside Daisy Clover. He was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in 69. Yep. Another hit, Jeremiah Johnson in 72. Movie. Greatest hit of his career, according to this, is The Sting yep. from this year. I agree. Where he was nominated but did not win for Best Actor. No, his, his buddy did. Paul uh, Newman. Newman? I don't think Newman won for that one. Let me see. Really? I'm going to double check. I have it for up. Well, they both Best have. Actor? No. No. He didn't win for Best Actor. No, Best Actor was Jack Lemon in Save the Tiger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Another movie I don't know, really. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I Redford was also in All the President's Men, which we've mentioned before, and hopefully we will random that one. You know. Uh, His career as a director started in 1980 with Ordinary People, which got four Oscars, so maybe we'll talk about that one later. Uh, He he starred in Brubaker, Out of Africa, Uh, A River Runs Through It was him directing. Uh, He got Best Director and Best Picture nominations for Quiz Show. His second Academy Award was Lifetime Achievement in 2002. Uh-huh. And in 2010, he was made a Chevalier of the Legion d'Honneur. Because the French people love him? I thought that was illegal. <clears throat> Americans are not supposed to accept honoraria from... Uh, foreign countries? Foreign countries, yeah. Well, boy, howdy, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, don't know what to tell you about that. I He's huh. been in some stuff. We like him. He's been in a he's, couple. Yeah. He's, he's been in Marvel movies, which means that he's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> As a bad guy, he was a bad guy. He does. He does a good bad guy. Yeah. We can't complain. Hate his politics. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the, his list of work is pretty ridiculous. Extraordinary. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, just all over the map too. Uh, and then because he's in it, sir, sort of appearing in this film is James Woods. Because it's always fun to bring up people who you might recognize but go, wait, he was in this? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Much like when Sylvester Stallone was in that movie That's for right. eight seconds. That's right. Uh, he had only been in film uh, starting in 72, so he was pretty new to even being an right. a-, a stage actor. His team alongside Meryl Streep in the four-part miniseries Holocaust. Hmm. He got the Theater World Award in 72 for his performance in Moon Children. But he's been in some stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
Blaine Casino, Nixon, Ghosts of Mississippi, Any Given Sunday, Clint Eastwood's True Crime, Citizen Cone. He played Rudy Giuliani in the Rudy Giuliani movie. He's he's Hades in Hercules, which is the most famous thing he's ever done. <laughs> he was in Recess Schools Out, Stuart Little 2, and Surf's Up. He's played himself in Family Guy and The Simpsons more than once. Hmm. But this was pretty early in his career, and he was, what, what did we say, 20 minutes, maybe? Tops in this movie? Yeah, yeah he was in and out for about that much time. Yeah. Other people in this movie, not really big names, really. No. Which is a little disappointing. I... It's supposed to be a romantic drama, Yeah. so let's not focus on the other people. So, this movie, the guy who wrote it, he wrote the novel and then the screenplay based on his college days at Cornell and his experience with the House Un-American Activities Committee. Okay. This guy was in college in 37 and was introduced to political activism by a, a young member of the Young Communist League and an outspoken opponent of Francisco Franco in his effort to take control of Spain via the Spanish Civil War. Okay. Which sounds like the beginning of this movie. Exactly. The fiery campus radical organized rallies in a peace strike, and the memory of her fervor remained with him long after the two lost touch. Hmm. Uh, he the heroine to be Jewish and share his outrage at injustice. Uh, the part, I believe, did end up getting written kind of specifically for Barbara Streisand. Now, this was the director? This was the writer. The writer, okay. Yes. Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence, who we've talked about before. Yeah. I can't remember. One of his credits, West Side Story. Ah. Another one of his credits we've talked about before, Anastasia. Ah. Yeah, Anastasia was an interesting movie. That was different. Yeah. As far as this movie goes, though, it was kind of interesting because they originally uh, wanted Sidney Pollack to be the director, who he's kind of a big deal. Uh, Ray Stark, uh, who is, why did they keep talking about him? Ah, independent film producer. All right. He wasn't, he wasn't sure about Pollock, but Pollock said he could get Redford. Mm-hmm. And so they got him on. Pollock has done a lot with Redford. However, Lawrence did not eventually realize this was a bad idea. The director demanded the role of Hubble be made equal to that of Katie, and throughout filming, for unexplained reasons, he kept Lawrence away from Redford. What was intended to be the final draft of the screenplay was written by Lawrence and Pollock at Stark's condo. And Lawrence, made to discover very little of his work remained when it was completed, left the project, and over time, 11 writers contributed to the script. No. Huh. Well, it was interesting, uh, the, the crack about him, him being, or feeling that the Jewishness in some, in the case thing had to come out. And I noticed that twice, but only twice I saw it. Hmm. Uh, her voice changed from this soft, either soft, romantic thing, or the hollering and screaming uh, political stuff. Into an outright Jewish mama, you know, Bronx. Still give a goddamn. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's interesting yeah. that it was written in there. Well, I think that having 11 different writers, I think, yeah. did that contribute? Or that's maybe. Lawrence was asked to return and did so only after demanding a lot of money. The first rough cut had some good scenes, but he thought it was a badly photographed. Jumbled mess lacking coherence. No Both kidding. Both stars appeared to be playing themselves more often than their characters. And Streisand often used a grand accent that Lawrence felt hurt her performance. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. So, huh. Huh. Well, and I 
we, yeah. I think we were in agreement that the film Red, jumped Redford, all over the place. for a short period, tried to make a sequel to try and fix this, mm-hmm. and it never got off the ground. Huh. But, yeah, there were definitely points in this movie. There were some good points, but no. there were definitely parts where it felt like, okay, we're done here, next thing. It would just would jump cut yeah. from one thing to another. And to... movies can do that if yeah, they're if they're fully co. Movies can do yeah. that and still be coherent. But this one definitely felt like a clip show, or like Mom said, middle school. It felt like middle school. Something shiny. This was a middle school romance where things were important one scene and not the next, <laughs> and. People only ever seem to be interested in each other superficially. Right. And now we're angry at each other, but the next scene we're not. And the person <laughs> who seemed to grow the most was his drinking buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a little disappointing that he seemed to be the character with the most character growth. Because by the end of the movie, he's like, oh man, she's a catch. Yeah. Like, right. losing, he- losing her would be bad. And he's sitting there, having already decided to divorce her, going, yeah, anyways, drinking. Right, yeah. Give me another beer. So, that was weird. Well, I think the movie was weird. Yeah, it was... This was a drinking movie. It was. We, there I'm was sorry to report happening. that, people. <laughs> sorry, but yeah. it just... I did not have one drink. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well... Wow, Good I job. drank enough for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the topics we're discussing for our what is important in this movie is... The best wine best, that goes best with this song. movie? Not best wine, that's next week. We're talking about best song for which it won. And now we get to talk about the actual most talented person in this film. Marvin Hamlish. We do. Who was parodied and and joked about on Saturday Night Live in the 70s, people. Back in the day when Saturday Night Live was new. Allow me to tell you some facts about this man. He is one of ten people to win three or more Oscars in one night. (laughs) What? He did so this year. As in the year we're discussing. Okay, so The Way We Were. And The Way We Were Again, because he got it for Best Score and Best Song. Oh, and then something for The Sting? Yes, and Best Adapted Score for The Sting. Wow. He is the only one who is not a director to do that. I looked it up. All of the other ones are Best Director, Best Picture, and usually Best Screenplay. Though for Titanic, James Cameron got it for film editing. Yeah. But it's pretty generally, if you win three Oscars... Because you're a director. You are. It's because you directed it, and then it's your movie, and then you wrote it. Or you're Walt Disney, and you just swept the documentaries one year. Yeah, yeah, right. Walt Disney has four in one year. He's the only person to get four. Wow. And he basically swept the documentaries and short films in one year. Because no one was filming Tigers? Nobody was doing it that year. Hmm. Hamlet. Hamlet. Hamlish. Hamlish. Shish. He has an EGOT the hard way. Mm. Wow. He actually has all four of the awards. He's also one of two people to have a P-Got. I have no idea what that means. P-Got means you got a Pulitzer, too. What? <laughs> uh, it can also mean you got a Peabody, but he's one of two people to get the EGOT and a Pulitzer. Oh my goodness gracious. Wow. Wow. So, you know. Wow. Well, no wonder Roseanne, Rosanna Dana was in love with him. That was a different character. Interesting. One of his credits um, for this year was also Save the Tiger, for which Jack London got an Oscar. Huh. He was a busy man. Yep. So, his Academy Awards, 
Uh, his he was first nominated last year for best original song, and was last nominated in the Academy Awards in '96. He got his Tony for a chorus line, Grammy he won a lot, mostly for this movie, and his Emmys were for Barbara the Concert in '95, uh, a Ticket to Dream original music and lyrics for AFI's 100 Years 100 Movies, and in 2001, Outstanding Music Direction for Barbara Streisand, Timeless. So, you know... She had a good partnership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, this guy's done a lot of stuff. His, uh, looking at his list of things that he's done is going to take us a while. We can't do that tonight. Primary conductor for the Pittsburgh Pops. Can't do it tonight. Primary conductor? Primary conductor for the Pittsburgh Pops from 95 until his death. Jeez. Chorus line. Never heard that before. A chorus line credit Mm -hmm. for Sophie's Choice. Bond movies. I mean, (laughs) pick a thing. He did it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's not necessarily, you know, mainstream stuff. Like, you know, John Williams, you hear him and you're like, oh, I know, like, bam, 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 bam. But this guy, if you listen to a thing and it was a good thing between, like, 1970 and 1990, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance it was his stuff. Hmm. Where you listen to it and you're like, well, this isn't necessarily distinctive, but boy, is it good. It's probably him. So, yeah. Wow. Best song? This guy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Anything else on that list we recognize for best song? Where is it? Probably. But then you'll keep us here all night. I will, but it won't take that long. Are you sure? You have plenty of time. <laughs> how long is how long is all night? All the love to waste from a touch of class. Live and let die. Mm-hmm. Music and lyrics by Paul and Linda McCartney. Mm-hmm. Love from Robin Hood. And you're so nice to be around from Cinderella, Cinderella Liberty. Music by John Williams. Speaking of John Williams. Oh. <laughs> I just had it there. All right. Just for fun. <laughs> well, shame about live and let die. That was a pretty good one. But I mean, which John Williams? <laughs> I mean, I think there's just the one I know about. There's, there's a bunch. There's a, well, there's at least two known. I mean, in the, the music the, world, this is this is the one who 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 did the Star Wars. Lots of music <laughs> uh, for movies. Yeah. Well, the other guys are good art pick. Ah, uh, yes. And a damn good one. Uh-huh. Ah, now that I switched to John Williams. Wait, no, we can't do that. There's one cool fact. <sighs> <laughs> Don't you think we're going to talk Wars about soundtrack. John Williams eventually? Uh, maybe. I really hope we do. Fine. See, we will. We'll right. get there. Yeah. Stay on track. All right. The other, I can't. I can't. The <laughs> other three things we are discussing are... How much Sam loved this film. How much Sam loved this film. It was the best. Best supporting actor. No. There really wasn't one. Like, J, like the guy who played JJ no. was the closest thing to a supporting actor. No. And he was there. No. He was present. Pick another yeah. category. All right. How about best costume design? Do you know what won for best costume design? The Sting. Do you know who did it? You know who did it? Uh, yes. It. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was in fact. It was in fact Edna Mode. <laughs> Edna is her name. Edith, Edith, Edith Head. Edith Head. Edith Head. <laughs> yeah, but how do you spell head? H e a d. Yeah, just like the okay. noggin. Yeah, but the the joke is because the, there's a the character in another movie. Who it's is a fashion designer for superheroes, and her character design is based on Edith Head. Really? Yes. And it's a cartoon. And it's a cartoon. It's very cartoony, but yeah, it's interesting. But her, the way she looks, is designed on this and, know, after this famous costume. And design. it makes sense because she keeps coming up. Right. Uh, this movie was nominated, and I kind of get it because 
Well, it went through time. It went through time and it did so a good some job. some historical things. And it's one of those where I think it got the good costume design in the way that you didn't notice the costumes. Where everything Although just made I sense. Although I did, because I... No, I'll, think, I'll tell you what didn't well, there make was sense. Well, the, there was the bridesmaid dress that no. we talked about. <laughs> no, but that was Hollywood. <laughs> the things that didn't make sense to me is if she was really... In college and working three jobs to get by. She looked too nice. She, she look looked too nice. nice. She looked too nice for that. Now, when she was out and working yeah. at the radio station, then she would have had some uh, fashionable clothing. But I thought perhaps her college clothes looked... Uh, I mean, they weren't fashionable compared to the rest of, you know, panning the crowd of the other college girls. But they were clean. I mean... But, well, just that they maybe looked too nice. Like for she somebody didn't buy them at three jobs. Yeah. 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 All right. So well, anyway, we, that was we, just a little distracting yeah. for well, me, but that's me. Her, somebody had money. She didn't. She wasn't a college student living on the third floor of a ratty old triplex someplace, just eating, uh, having a noodles a cup yeah. of uh, broth. For well, we only ever saw one of the jobs she worked, so maybe she didn't work three jobs. But they said that she was working three jobs. Well, that's fair. She's that she's always working three jobs or something. Well, she was ambitious. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that reminds me. Here's another diversion. How many times did you hear him say, "You never give up, do you?" They never give up. Yep. The progressives. Mm-hmm. All right, and our last category: best supporting actress. There wasn't. One. There really wasn't one. All of the other ladies in this movie were eye candy. The majority of them were kind of vapid. So I said, yeah, and who was going to beat Tatum O'Neill anyway? Now, you know. Well, they had to contrast. They had to contrast. Had to. Yeah. yeah. So let's look at because we are, we don't have anything to talk about in this one except how much Sam loved this film. So Tatum O'Neill kicked everyone's butt. He's Linda Blair in The Exorcist, Candy Clark in American Graffiti, Madeline Kahn in Paper Moon, and Sylvia Sidney in Summer Wishes Winter Dream. I recognize some of those names. No, it's a pretty good spread. Definitely no one in this movie was going to get into that list. No. But. No. When we started, when we designed up this podcast, we knew that there was going to be some movies in here that excelled at some parts of filmmaking and were not good movies overall. True. It was part of my pitch to you. And hopefully one day we will randomly roll Jurassic Park so that my example to you can come true. Because <laughs> I've never watched Jurassic because Park. Because Jurassic Park is not a good movie, let's be honest, but it has cool dinosaurs. And this was not a, a good movie, but it had a cool song. It came from a good source. It yeah. did come yeah, from a good yeah, yeah. source. It yeah. had good, it had, parts of it were good, yeah. but overall as a, like, dramatic story of romance, mm. that part was not good. Yeah. Well, after all, mm. there's only one patent. Well, yes. We, that, <laughs> that, that was, was last time. That was last time. Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I not give, that that's a dramatic love story. All right, I give this movie no score because we're not scoring anything. We're not scoring anything. <laughs> All right. And we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby point us in the direction of quality, filmmaking, or at least songwriting. Here, here. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.